the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. So maybe just to kind of kick things off, can each of you just give me a brief update about where where you're at on farm with kind of grazing, um, how kind of livestock performance has been over the last couple of months and just a wee bit about what your winter plan is, you know, is it housing, is it forage crops? off winter and etc. Uh, Jamie, can you start, please? Yeah, I can go first. Um, so we fed the kind of Apache last couple of months. August was a very nice month. We got harvest done before the end of August, which is always um, a nice thing to achieve. Uh, September started off pretty rough, but this last week the weather has really improved and grass is motoring on again now. Uh, we got pretty much up, or 90% of the lambs to go away left by mid-August, some fat, a few stores and some away to grazings in the borders. Um, so getting them off farm pretty early is very critical for us just to make sure we've got enough grass to carry us through autumn and also through topping. Uh, so usual weaned end of July, so any fat ewes have been knocking around on rougher kind of bits and we've had thin ewes and lambed hogs and just any kind of thinner ewes on pretty decent grubs, so they've come up come up in condition pretty, pretty nicely. Um, cows and calves are still rotating on those main blocks, they're just on their last round now, um, they've got kind of four four or five more shifts in front of them, and then it'll be time to wean, wean the calves. Um, that weaning the calves and putting the cows on the rougher stuff lets that rotation paddocks freshen up quite nicely in time for flushing ewes uh, mid-November. Uh, so calves, uh, most of the calves, or two-thirds of the calves will be coming inside when they're weaned just to ease pressure on grass and on the calves uh, and then the remaining third will go on to grass paddocks for three weeks to transition them off mother um, to get their rumens, uh, acclimatised eating forage and nothing else and then they'll go get a two-week transition on to further beet for, for their winter. Uh, we've got a few hectares of kale in, Maris Kessel kale in, so that'll be for the in-calf heifers. Um, all the mature age cows have got the fair grass saved up that should do them from weaning time in two, three weeks right through until early February. Um, so that takes care of them pretty pretty cheaply. Um, in February, we start calving the 1st of March, so early February they'll need to get their vaccines pre-calving and anything calving in the first six weeks will come inside then and the ones that calve in the last three weeks remain outside on bale grazing. Uh, so that takes care of the cows, I think. And then the ewes, they will just keep on these kind of fringe bits and hillier bits and just muddle along until flushing time, and then they'll come in and get as much of the best grass that we can find for them. 
um, to flush them and to carry them through tubbing. And then the majority go on to Fotherbeat um, early in the new year, and that takes care of them until a month pre-lambing. Um, singles, singles get taken off Fotherbeat after scarring time and go on to um, deferred grazing as well. So I think that's most of the forage plans for the next few months. And are you happy with uh, kind of silage stalks and, and grass covers at the moment? Are, are things looking really promising? Yeah, um, silage is all quite dry this year, so the pit's probably not quite as full, but with the changes we've made here in the last three, four years, our silage requirements are down quite a bit, so um, we're trying not to make too much silage, just trying to balance that to be, rather than feeling good about having the biggest heap of silage you can, just having a, a decent amount and a, and a bit of carryover, um, so that's pretty healthy. I would, I'm due to measure this week, um, but I would think we'll be sitting about 2100 all farm cover, maybe slightly above that with the last week's growth, but sort of around there, which is just about um, where we want to be at the moment. Because, um, I mean, in, in three or four weeks' time, we'll just have ewes on the grazing platform as such. We won't have any cows on it at all because they're all on that deferred grazing type stuff, which isn't included in the main grazing platform. So, our our grazing demand is just pretty going to drop pretty steadily from now on until flushing day comes for the use. So, yeah, I think we're in pretty good shape, but um, it's been it's been a summer of aiming to get to where we are today. So, Good stuff. And uh, livestock performance earlier, I think it was kind of pre-weaning, you were hitting that 250 to 300 grams a day with lambs. Um, has... You know, have they kind of continued? Yeah, the lambs, the majority, uh, if you take the hogs out of it, the, uh, the mature age use lambs average 320-ish grams from birth to weaning, which was pretty pleasing. Um, Post-weaning, um, so we don't... We put quite a lot of lambs off farm to graze down the borders, so that kind of makes it a bit easier for us. So we tend just to kind of selectively graze deep, really good grass with those lambs that we we keep home to fatten. So we do that for about a month, um, kind of through August into early September, just eating the best half to three quarters of what you would normally eat and then we tidy it up with stock in the next round. So, yeah, those lambs that are getting the chance just of the best of the best, um, it's pretty pretty easy to keep them mothering well over 300 grams. Um, cattle did, fattening cattle have done really well. They're going off every week, um, and they've grown, they've grown well this whole summer, really. We've taken a few inside now just to ease pressure on that, um, rotation and just to, we've got a fair couple of barley so we might as well put some of that through them. Good stuff. Uh, right, Giles, do you want to give us a, a rundown on how things are going in the borders, please? Yep. Um, really, it's been uh, not the easiest of summers. Um, we started uh, 
with not um, big covers to go into with uh, the cows when they came down off the hill to calve. Um, cows go on to uh, immediately onto rotation when they come down off the hill uh, at the 1st of April uh, and they carve uh, in paddocks uh, on rotation. And um, at that time, we were probably only looking at covers of about 18 or 1900. Um, so they were basically just on daily shifts, and the rotation was probably just um, uh, 18 days. Um, so, uh, but they always had something fresh to go at. Um, if we'd been set stopped at the time, we would have been absolutely bare to the board by um, middle, uh, second part of April, um, if we'd been set stopped. So that's one advantage of with the rotation is that um, the grass um, is, uh, is just... Uh, allowed to, to freshen up, even though there wasn't big covers there. Um, our finishing cattle, they were, they were at grass by um, the 20th of April, coming off uh, winter forage crops, and they seem to have, um, they really did uh, do well after that. Um, as we usually find when they hit uh, spring grass, so there wasn't as much as they usually hit, but um, they probably went into covers about 2100, and we got uh, we got about half an hour away um, last week of May, first week of June, and uh, the other half went away um, at the end of June, which is which is which is pleasing. Um, and the uh, the weights were good and, and, and they killed well. So, uh, again, that was pleasing. Um, we take in um, uh, yearling steers to finish from another organic uh, producer. So those arrived in May. Um, so we uh, had grass for them uh, as the first lot of the um, finishing cattle were about to go away. Uh, we did actually have to make use of two hectares of, of silage ground um, just to get those uh, May uh, cattle finished. It didn't really upset the uh, things too much in the way the amount of silage we had. And then those, the, the, uh, the yearling cattle and uh, really moated um, the Angus's, uh, for the first six weeks, they were here, did 2.25 average kilos a day. Um, and our own uh, lings were doing uh, just over 1.5 um, a day, which uh, you know, I thought was pretty good for them. And uh, coming sort of into uh, later through the summer, um, the... Uh, the uh, Angus crosses of of average over, uh, still averaging over one and a half a day. Um, and at the beginning of August, we drew out uh, 15 of the heaviest. They were just uh, either on or just under um, 500 kilos. Um, so we had uh, 
these 15 booked to go in uh, go away at the end of October. So that gave us 90 days to get somewhere near 600 kilos uh, of where we hope to have them uh, at the end of October. Uh, I haven't weighed them again since um, since we split these heavy ones off, but hopefully they'll be. Um, uh, they look to be doing uh, around about that, um, and I'll, we'll get them in this week just to make sure uh, that they are putting, still putting on around that kilo a day, uh, even you know when this grass is getting a wee bit wetter and um, days not day length not so long, um, and if they're if they're not really getting there, um, um, we might be tempted just to feed them a kilo or a couple of kilos of uh, of concentrate, just so we'll make sure um, we've got them right for the for the end of October. Uh, our own ling steers are still going on; they're still doing uh, uh, just on the one and a half kilos a day. Um, so, which which has been grand all through. We've um, we're in a situation now where things have dried up a bit, so we're going to be able to make use of the grass because we've probably had more grass growth in August and early September than we've had in the rest of the year. Certainly our covers have been higher in August and September than they've been for the rest of the year. Um, and with us being part of the Grass Check project, um, you know, we're measuring on a, on a, on a weekly basis, so it, it, it kind of uh, gives you, um, you know, you have it all in front of you the whole time. So uh, it either uh, distracts um, you from uh, thinking that you've got enough or uh, makes you think of where the next bite might come from. So, uh, but it, it really does uh, uh, work well. Um, We've already, uh, because we're on a TB test this year, uh, decided to split it in half this time. So we, we uh, have tested our cow, our heifers, and uh, our in-calf heifers and our first um, first calved cows. So um, uh, they were through last week. Um, we had a clear TB test, and we took the opportunity to um, pregnancy scan them at the same time. So, um, with, with that batch, with 100% uh, 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 in calf, which is very pleasing. Uh, so, uh, just looking to the winter, um, and uh, hopefully, we'll get this grass tidied up before we start and uh, look at um, feeding forage crops or going away to deferred grazing. Perfect. Do, Giles, do you have a, a preference on a forage crop for those uh, kind of heavier cattle that are for finishing? Do you find there's, there's one does them better than another? Um, well, all our finishing is is off grass in the summer. Um, so we're just on, um, you know, very high percentage clover lays. And we're... Um, all tetrapoid ryegrass uh, with a wee bit of Timothy. Um, and when I say a wee bit, I mean a wee bit. And so, uh, you know, we're just 
trying to push those cattle as quick as we can as soon as they come off uh, forage um, off forage crops uh, in the spring. Um, you know these you know these cattle that went away uh, end of May. Um, uh, you know that they were doing well in excess of, of two kilos a day. Um, uh, you know, um, within a fortnight of, of coming off the forage, so which is which is what they what we need them to do because um, you know we have a good outlet, um, but the reason we have that outlet is that they want these want our cattle uh, in May and June. Um, so you still got some more cows to, to scan, but you must be pretty happy with 100% so far. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've still got our, our older cows to scan and for them to get their TB tests as well, um, which I think will probably wait till early November. We have been weaning um, in uh, sort of 150 days for the last couple of years. But um, we um, hopefully that's my wife's going to answer that. Hopefully, <laughs> um, and uh, but we decided this time to to go we to keep them on a wee bit longer, and we'll um, uh, we'll then uh, wean uh, probably a week uh, before we bring the cows in for that for their. Uh, blood test and scan, um, and the calves. Hopefully, not let the calves drop very much coming off their mothers, and they'll go straight onto um, onto forage crops then. And can you just tell us a wee bit about your big EMR forage you have in this year? Yep, our weaned calves uh, will will go on to. Um, uh, uh, Red Star hybrid kale, strip grazed with um, bales of silage um, uh, uh, laid out across the field already. Uh, we've been using uh, this system for probably the last uh, 10 years and it has, has um, served us pretty well. Um, and we've, uh, up to this year, we've Done the same with our um, with our eighteen month um, steers, um, but this year, but uh, I've, this year we put in a what I like to think is, is like a, a, a growing TMR. Uh, we've sort of you know I've sort of thought that um, you know, the only major cost that, that I still had in my business was the contractor coming to make silage. Um, so the idea is that I can, um, I don't know if we'll totally remove it, but we can uh, reduce it drastically, uh, our contracting costs by not having to make silage. That's why we've gone for uh, this uh, TMR uh, in the field. Um, this year, it, um, it was a mix of um, beans. Um, then there was uh, kale, uh, double turnip, um, main crop turnip, um, some red start uh, hybrid kale, um, fodder radish, uh, some um, 
like, uh, like um, ordinary uh, kale. And um, we also put in some millet and sorghum, because I've seen this from uh, looking at uh, crops that we growing in North America. Uh, but um, unfortunately, um, uh, we haven't seen um, any millet or, um, or sorghum. And, um, but the, the beans are tremendous. They're probably four, five feet high. The fodder radish, the same. So hope, I'm hoping that there's enough fiber in those two to um, sort of circumvent uh, the fiber issue. Uh, having as much um, kale um, and type green crop there. Uh, I have been sort of swithering over the last um, month or so, or whether we should be dropping some straw or hay into these crops um, to provide any fiber in case I need it. Um, and the jury's still out. I haven't done it as yet. Um, I'm just hoping. I'm just thinking that I think there will be enough fibre in the in the crop uh, without having to provide uh, anything else. And did you sow these crops individually as strips, or have you sown them as a, a mix across the field? Have we sowed? Uh, we sowed the beans um, with a fertilizer spreader, um, uh, 50 kilos to the hectare. Um, the last couple of years, we've been we haven't we've stopped plowing and we've been we're just disking anything that we're uh, reseeding or or putting into forage crops. So um, the field have been disked uh, a couple of times, um, and then. Uh, spread the beans with a fertilizer spinner and then uh, a disc uh, went over again with a disc, disc the beans in, uh, rolled that and then um, put sowed all the other seeds uh, uh, as a mix um, with an H's and drill and um, you know they come up pretty well. One thing I should also say is because we're disking and not, not plowing, um, I would think there's about twenty percent of the of the grass um, that was in the field has has, has regrown. So um, we've got that there as well, um, you know, in the mix. Um, so you know, hopefully there's going to be be some fiber in that as well. It would be great to um, get some video footage of that for your blog. Um, we're quite keen to see how that's coming along and I keep it posted on, on how it feeds out because it's a bit of a critical uh, deciding factor on how it's going. Good, cool. Uh, William, what's happening in the dairy world? Um, ground conditions are pretty good up here. I think we've missed a lot of the rain that um, folk have had down south. Um, cows are still out day and night. Um, We've been trying to build up average farm cover so we've got enough grass to keep ourselves going through October and into November. Um, last year, uh, last week, average farm covers were just over 2,400. Um, we've got the grazing platform as big as it can be now, so we're grazing all the, the ground that we would have made silage on 
earlier on in the year. Um, so most of the home farm now, it's all being grazed with the milk and cows. Um, cows are milking pretty well. Uh, they're averaging 33 litres a day um, at two and a half kilos of milk solids a day. Um, they're on some silage uh, now just to try and slow the, the demand down a bit. So they're getting um, three kilos of dry matter silage a day um, after afternoon milking um, with a kilo of barley mixed in there as well. Um, and then they're on an average of uh, five kilos of concentrate in the parlour a day. Uh, that's just fed to yield. Um, so the more milk they produce, the more cake they're getting fed in the parlour. Um, so that sort of production side of things. We've been AI now for eight weeks, so we're about two-thirds of the way through service period. Um, conception rates seem to be pretty good, but it'll be another month really before I'll know my six-weekend calf rate. We started PD in now, but we're just in a couple of PD sessions. So another month and we'll start to get a clearer idea of how tight a block we'll have next year. Um, so that's the milking cows. Um, and we've got tons of silage. Um, yeah, we'll have a, a big carry over of silage this year. Um, in calf heifers, they're still out um, grazing. I think we'll probably have another month's worth of grazing for them. They should, we haven't PD'd in yet, but they should hopefully all be in calf by now. Um, the bull's in with them. Um, so they'll probably come in um, probably middle middle of November, maybe early November, depending on how much grass and weather conditions. Um, they're housed in cubicles for the winter on silage. Um, and then they'll hopefully calve um, late April next year. Um, my young calves, they're four to five months old now. We, um, we sell all our dairy bull calves and all our cross calves. So they're all gone now. They're off farm. So the only young stock I've got is my own replacements for next year. So they're, they're about four to five months old now. Um, we ran them on a nurse cow system this year, so we paired them up with uh, with cows, and um, they've been outside um, since sort of probably four to five days old. They've been outside, um, and then we wean them at sort of twelve to fourteen weeks, roughly. Um, I've still got a few cows in there just to keep them company. Um, they are, they've just been on grass all summer, um, on a rotational grazing system, but we've started feeding them silage and concentrate in the last week now. Um, I would think I'll be taking them in in the next week. So we're just trying to transition them onto, onto some concentrate into some silage so that they don't check when they come inside too much. Um, yeah, that's probably most of what's going on here. And, um, you, you've had a fairly good season throughout. Is that, am I right in saying that? You didn't... It was really dry in, in, in the spring to start with, so um, we were quite tight for grass to start with. Um, we were having to nip into some of the silage ground just to keep average farm covers up. Um, and then sort of once we got through the spring, we've had sort of enough rain through the summer to, to keep things going. Um, and uh, but not too wet that's really caused too many issues with ground conditions um the reseeds we did a, we did a couple of spring reseeds they sort of struggled a bit initially just with the dry weather but they seem to be seem to be looking better now um so i think i think they'll be okay and they'll come through strongly next year hopefully and were they just straight grass reseeds or were they under 
Um, two of them, uh, so two of the fields, uh, they were undersown. Um, so what we tend to do with the silage fields is we undersow them under um, an arable silage. So middle of April we'll sow um, peas and spring barley. That's sown at about 50 kilos to the acre. Um, and then we'll undersow the grass. And then we'll have the arable silage. That will usually be off by early July, which gives the grass plenty of time to come through. Um, and we'll either graze that or we'll get another cut of silage off that before winter. Um, and then we reseeded um, one of the grazing fields on the grazing platform. So that was just a straight spring reseed. Um, and that's been grazed a few times now. And that seems to be, it seems to look okay now. It was looking a bit sorry for itself to start with. It was looking a bit patchy, but um, uh, now it's had a bit of rain. And then the warmer weather through the summer, the clover seems to have sort of come through okay now. And are you working with um, grass mixtures or do you just go with one or two varieties? And are they feeding more tetraploids and diploids or is it? Yeah, it's a it's a mixture it's a mixture of it's a mixture of tetraploids and diploids, um, and well for the for the silage mixes we tend to use quite a lot of um, we tend to use quite a lot of red clover. So on the, the we've got um, 130 acres which we can't access with the milk and cows. It's a couple of miles away from the main farm, so we tend to use quite a bit of red clover for for the, those silage fields. Um, and then the silage fields um, back at the, the main farm uh, will use sort of broad leaf white clovers more than red clovers because we find the red clovers quite seems to be quite difficult to graze out properly. Um, so I try and avoid using them down here. So we'll we'll take two cuts of silage off uh, off the grazing fields at Glasgow Forest, and then we'll um, we'll we'll graze them after that. So the, the white clover seems to seems to suit our system better for that. Um, and then for the uh, for the grazing fields, we tend to use um, sort of late perennials, um, a mixture of uh, diploids and tetraploids, and then um, and then plenty of white clover in there as well. So good, good. Ian, last but not least, how's things on on the island? Uh, yeah, things are good here. Uh, we're glad to see a little bit of drier weather again because grazing conditions were getting slightly difficult. Um, yeah, but the sounds that we're running quite a similar system to what Jamie is here. Uh, we are just on the last rotation with cows and calves. We were scanning cows yesterday uh, so we've also started weaning, uh, weaning the first calvers and the second calvers uh, yesterday and today. And once those calves are weaned, we, I'm hoping that we'll get the bullocks sold quite quickly and the heifers will go into rotation for as long as I think I have grass for them that is not going to hamper um, use at tupping time. Uh, so yeah that's cows are in reasonably good condition uh, just yes we, the rest of the cows run the Charlotte calves and we try and keep the calves on their mothers until sale time just because we always feel that they, they look as a product they just look a lot better coming straight off their mothers um, I am questioning that though because it'd be nice to get all the cows off the grazing platform at the moment because we have a lot of 
rough grazing and deferred grass for them to go on to. Uh, and I do question whether it would we would utilise that better if we could just wean everything at the moment. But as for now, we're leaving the Shirley calves on their mothers until the sale, which will be three weeks away probably. And then everything else will be weaned at that time. Use uh, all the ewes were weaned by the first week in August. Um, lamb growth rates up until weaning had been quite good. Overall, they would be just shy of 300 grams uh, a day. They did take quite a dip, possibly post weaning, but we're still, uh, we're not too far behind last year in killing out. We should kill out three quarters of the lambs off, uh, off grass. Uh, and then we have, we sowed some red start, which there's 12 acres of red start that we'll use for whatever lambs are left to finish on. And then if there's any red start left, once we've finished uh, fanning lambs, then we intend to use that throughout the winter for use, uh, for feeding the ewes. Uh, yeah, weaning went quite well. Ewes were in good condition. My Gimmer twins probably not as in good condition as I would like them. Um, we weaned them a bit earlier though. They were weaned maybe the third week in July. So they've had plenty of time and they have caught up in condition now. Uh, I feel I was maybe a bit too sore in them from lambing to weaning which is something that I'll need to try and improve on next year. Uh, we did measure grass last week and yeah, we're sitting with an average farm cover of 2.4, which is pretty healthy actually. So um, although I'm panicking, I'm not going to have enough grass for tupping. I think we should be okay. Uh, yeah, what else is happening? We've got a field, there's yeah, 18 acres of uh, swift in that we intend to winter the first and second calvers. So hopefully the first and second calvers post weaning will go on to deferred grazing for two months and possibly, depending on condition, uh, come December we'll transition them on to swift and bales. Uh, there should be enough there to feed them for six to eight weeks. Um, fingers crossed. The rest of the cows post weaning will go on to hill ground, rough grazing and uh, deferred grazing, oh, hopefully until the beginning of January. Um, to when we'll then start feeding silage outside. Um, use well, yeah, they're all caught up in condition now, so they'll just run on rough grazing uh, until, yeah, the beginning of November, where we'll bring them in and onto the better pastures for, for, uh, sorry about this, uh, onto better pastures for flushing for the top. And yeah, all lambs will be taken off the grazing platform. Any fatty lambs will be taken off the grazing platform 
by the second week in October and they'll be on to the red start, which should free up the grass for flushing ewes. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe about it. Um, have you seen any difference this year with your fertiliser usage with hitting the dry period and then the flush of growth? Have you backed off with your rates or has it been just fairly standard? Yeah. Uh, yes, fertiliser applications have changed this year with the dry weather. Uh, yeah, we were we probably had one extra application of nitrogen uh, due to the dry spring. We were very very short of grass by the end of May. Uh, so when we the rain, well when the moisture came back at the beginning of June, uh, we went on with yeah thirty four units of nitrogen per hectare. Um, just to try and help us catch up, which it did. Uh, we're probably still a little bit short of silage where we would usually be, but uh, as Jamie said as well, it's, it's the dry matter will be higher in all the silage. And yeah, I'm hoping there's enough deferred grazing and things that we should be okay. Good. Uh, right, a question for everybody, and I'll try and talk and type at the same time. Um, are you all measuring grass with a, a plate meter weekly or fortnightly and if so are you you what software are you using um to help you assist you with decision making okay yeah we measure fortnightly when it's growing fast um this time of year we're down to once per month um so for from i suppose from end of August until well through March, we just measure monthly, and then through the main growing season, we try to measure fortnightly. Uh, we use a Bluetooth plate meter that connects to an app on my phone, um, and the app can do can produce feed wedges on the app, so it's quite handy. You can measure just a block or a rotation, um, but also creates an average farm cover. And then we use Farmax to we put the whole average farm cover into Farmax, which is New Zealand-based software, and we use that for our, all our main budgeting and nitrogen decisions. Good stuff. And do you do you continue to measure? You do right through the winter, but just on a monthly basis. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll be grazing grass right until, I suppose, mid-January, and then everything will be off for a, a wee while. So we probably won't do a February measure, but then we'll be looking to get use back on rotation, um, pre-lambing rotation in March. So we do a measure March to see how many we can do with that. Um, so, yeah, we probably don't do a measure in February because we won't use that information for anything um, but we do a measure in, in March um, for sure and because of our geography and climate um, we can lost grass to, to weather so there's not much point in us measuring it in February if we can't eat it or we don't plan to eat it in February so we just measure it kind of mid-March and they aim to start grazing before the end of March again Good stuff. Uh, Giles, are you a part of the Grass Check programme? Yep. So we're measuring weekly from 1st of March till end of October for that programme. And 
Um, but what I what we use is uh, we use file marks also, but I just um, put because it makes such a uh, uh, an up and down curve. If we put it weekly into file marks, I just put it fortnightly into file marks, and there we can we can budget going forward of of, of stock on the ground and, and and what we require, and then we um, and I usually continue just to measure uh, once a month. Um, till, uh, November till uh, February, um, but I may be measure a couple of times in February, um, just to see what grass we're going to have, what grass there is there uh, for coming forward for uh, how quick we can, how well we need. You know, cattle, cattle is definitely going to grass on the first of April, come what May, and then we can see um, if we, you know, if we need, if we need to move. Other cattle on the grass earlier. So, William, what kind of system are you using for keeping track of your grass? I try and walk the grass every week, but we've been pretty short staffed again this year, so it might actually be more like every second week almost. Um, I try and keep a quite a close eye on grass average farm cover this year because we're trying to make sure we're managing that pretty closely to build up average farm covers. So. Um, yeah, there tends to be key points in the year where we really try and make sure we're managing the average farm cover to manipulate, manipulate it in the right way. So at the moment, we're just trying to rise that average farm cover up as much as possible. Um, but probably in reality, it's probably every second week we're measuring grass at the moment. Um, we use AgriNet, so I've just got a manual plate meter where I, I, I don't have an app. So we just note, I just note down the average farm cover of each, uh, average cover of each field and then uh, take that into the office and just put that onto the, the AgriNet software and that will produce a feed wedge and a demand and an average farm cover. Cool. Ian? Uh, hi, yeah, we were, uh, we were doing really well uh, during, through the spring and the beginning of summer. I was measuring every week. Um, yeah, we have a lot of the same as William with short staff. Well, I lost my member of staff just after lambing time, so uh, yeah, I yeah, measuring has has been lacking the last six to eight weeks. Uh, we have since taken some else on, and I've got him out measuring now. So hopefully, we'll maybe measure fortnightly just to get him into it, and then through the winter. We'll go monthly. Uh, we are using a plate meter as well, uh, that yeah, talks to an app through Bluetooth, and then we upload that to Agrinet for the grass check GB. Uh, we're also just started using Farmax. That's the other things I'm for Farmax. I'm trying to remap the farm and the grazing platforms. So. Uh, the other reason why there's been a slight delay in getting back to measuring, but hopefully if we get it all done right just now, then it should help us in a big way going forward. Good. Oh, well, that doesn't really stimulate much discussion because you are all uh, <laughs> uh, doing, you know, measuring graphs properly. One of the questions Poppy had was, um, is there anybody not measuring and just doing it by eye? And, you know, do you think you have to measure? But... I'm in the I'm firmly in the measure camp. 
uh, for making decisions, but that's okay. Um, right, I'm kind of conscious of time. So just one final question for somebody thinking about starting out with rotational grazing, what would, if you give them one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah, if you've never done any of it and you're coming from a completely set stocked background, then just, uh, well, the way we started was just closing the gates and just very, very loosely, no plan, no measuring, just close the gates and shift and stock when the grass was down into the next field. Um, but even just that, it was quite stark how much more grass we grew. Um, and on like, the, the thing that made it apparent to us was we had a block of about 150 acres that we had stock on for, for a long, long time, a similar number. And then one year we closed the gates and started moving every few days. And because we did that, we had two fields in that block, which would have equated to about 38, 40 acres that for a large part of the summer we didn't actually need to graze. So the same number of animals were in a much smaller area. So that kind of started our route into deferred grazing and also into the um, realization that we could just carry more animals in the same area. So yeah, just close some gates and start start moving stock and get your head around what you want to do and achieve. Perfect. Thank you. Giles, any perils of wisdom? I would say just go for it. Uh, put the wire up and 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 just go for it. Uh, you know, I saw it you know, I first went and saw it being done uh, ten or eleven years ago. Uh, I just came home and and uh, one electric wire up across one field, and uh, that was it. Uh, never, haven't gone back, uh, and I wouldn't go back. Good. Uh, William, from a dairy perspective? Um, I would just pick one group of cattle to start with, or a group of sheep, and try and manage them rotationally first. So. You don't need a huge amount of kit to get yourself up and going. A decent energizer, probably just a battery one, um, and some plastic posts and reels. Um, for example, our um, our bull and heifers, so in calf heifers, that uh, block of ground, we just put a uh, a fence down the middle of that field, um, and then we use a front and a back fence, and they just go around in a circle. So it splits into eight blocks, um, and they just go around in a circle every twenty four days. Um, so it's not, uh, you don't necessarily need to be measuring that field. You just know that for the grazing season, there should be enough grass in each block for, if you work out your intakes for how much you think a, a beast will eat, depending on its live weight. Um, and then you can just rotate them around that field, each paddock every three to four days. Um, and, uh, then you can sort of see whether you think that's going to work for you and your farm. Um, but that would be a relatively easy way, not having to get, try and get your head around average farm covers and growth rates and managing managing and manipulating those figures, but just sort of getting into the habit of giving the stock a fresh section of grass every few days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it doesn't need to be too complicated, does it? And um, really, you can't go wrong. You know, that's uh, just practicing shutting gates is a good, is a good place to start. Uh, Ian? You've kind of got the raw end of the deal to try and come up with uh, something after everyone else. Uh, 
I would maybe follow on from what they were saying is once you've you've tried it and you've uh, seen the light, then when you really get into rotational grazing, is just take time and make sure you get the infrastructure right because it will just make your life so much easier. Yes, I plant the best the best lead plan, doesn't it? Make sure your your water's right and uh, you've got you've got plenty of power and a and a means to move stock, whether it's you know to back to the stadium for handlings. Um, it does make all the difference because it's uh, easy to do. So great. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time, and um, we will no doubt kind of speak to you over the chat box and things soon and you never know sometime we might actually get to meet face to face. <laughs>